Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Mousnick. Uh, this is going to be the final podcast of the year uh, as we obviously head into the holidays and we'll take a short break from podcasting. Uh, but we have a bunch of really great things and great people lined up for the new year. So stay tuned for lots more fun with the Tech Dirt Podcast. For this one, however, we have another repost of someone else's podcast. This time it is the Tech Talk Podcast with Andrew K. Tech Norton. He asked my Myself and uh, my tech dirt colleague Lee Beaton to come on his podcast recently to talk about the two different trust and safety games that we created earlier this year, uh, both of which we've talked about on the podcast uh, in different episodes in the past, but it was kind of fun to be interviewed by him and uh, asked us questions about why we did what we did and and some of the other uh, decisions and thinking that went into those two games. So it's a really, really fun discussion, and we thought that folks here might enjoy listening to them. So uh, as our final podcast of 2023, we thought we'll just play this episode and this discussion. So here we are on the Tech Talk podcast. Hello and welcome to Tech Talk. I'm Kitech and today we're going to have two guests, uh, both from Tech Dirt. You know them as Lee Beaton and Mike Masnick. We're going to be talking about their recent games, Trust and Safety Tycoon and Moderator Mayhem. So I want to welcome Lee and Mike to, to uh, Tech Talk. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, great to be here. Why don't you tell us briefly a little bit about yourself, you know, your little history with, with um, Tech Dirt. Uh, sure, I guess I'll start. Uh, I mean, I started Tech Dirt, depending on when you count, in 1997 um, and have, you know, continued to build it up over the years. And that includes doing a bunch of different things and starting the Kopi Institute as a related think tank. And that has led us to building a bunch of games, which is what we're here to talk about. Yeah. And I joined Tech Dirt. I don't actually remember now more more than I 10 years ago now but i don't remember precisely how long um and have been you know part of our small team ever since then um and yeah similarly it's been exciting this new uh this new game initiative that we've gotten into in the past couple of years i probably i'm probably the longer term game player than mike um for video <laughs> games but. We've got two games here we're going to talk about. Uh, first, kind of Moderator Mayhem, which came out in, uh, what was it, May? And then mm -hmm. Trust and Safety Tycoon, which came out last month in October. Mm -hmm. So what prompted you to get into doing games as a, as a thing? Yeah, I mean, that's, a I guess, somewhat of a longer story. I mean, um, I think, I don't know, six or seven maybe eight years ago. I can't remember exactly now. I had originally had a couple different ideas for some kinds of games, uh, initially just like board games that I thought were sort of relevant to the tech policy field. Um, and as I started exploring whether or not that was possible or even what it would take, um, I got introduced to sort of our, our third 
person in the in the game making setup here, which is Randy Lubin from Leverage Play, um, who also has uh, another operation called Diegetic Games. Um, and uh, we got introduced, and he had worked in, in tech and startups for a while and was also deep into the gaming world. And so we just had a really long, interesting conversation and kind of hit it off. Um, and actually, around that time, um, I was talking to some people in trust and safety and someone had suggested, you know, this is going way back, you know, 2016, 2017 timeframe. Um, and somebody had suggested like, Hey, it would be great if, um, if people who are commenting on trust and safety content moderation questions could actually spend some time actually doing it, wouldn't it be cool if there was a, a, originally they said, wouldn't it be cool if there was a video game? And I said, wouldn't it be even cooler if there were a board game? <laughs> but you'll see where we we ended up uh, eventually. And so honestly, like from this is, you know, so the, the seeds of the idea for both of these games goes back many years and sort of thinking about it and then talking about it with, with Randy and other people. And then um, we started building a bunch of other games because different opportunities came up or different projects where a game was appropriate. And so we, we have now done over a dozen different kinds of games. Um, and uh, again, some of them board and card games, some of them group games in person, group games, virtual, um, a bunch of different stuff. And then, um, and now video games in the last couple of years, we, we started finally getting around to doing doing video game versions of it. And I mean, I think almost throughout all of this, we had been talking about like, we should do trust and safety, the game uh, in some form or another. And so we had actually worked on, um, on a version that was effectively a board game version of this in the sort of 2018, 2019 timeframe. And actually, felt that we had gotten pretty close uh, in early 2020. We had people playtesting a board game version. And then there was like this whole pandemic lockdown thing that, yeah. <laughs> that got so that we couldn't, one, we couldn't test it. And two, we realized people would not be getting together to play the game <laughs> anyways. And so we sort of put that on the back burner. Um, and then we just, you know, more recently in the last year had the opportunity to put together these two video game versions. Yeah, I mean, a big a big part of it, too, was the runaway success of the CIA uh, Kickstarter game, which you can see on the shelf behind Mike there. Yes. Um, and, you know, that, that was a big thing, which, you know, it, it's a little bit different from a lot of our other game projects, but it just sort of solidified for us how much excitement there was around, you know, interesting games and that there was so much potential there. Yeah. yeah. Sounds so, so good. I was going to mention, you know, the, the starting with the, with the CIA um, card game and stuff. So yeah. the, CIA, the CIA card game was technically not the first one, but it was the first one that got got attention. Because <laughs> we uh, before we did the CIA game, we had been we had been working on what became Machine Learning President, which was a large group game uh, that was like a, an election simulation that was only run a few times. It was sort of a big involved process, and there was a whole like 
news story about it where like parts of it leaked in a very, very bizarre way, leading to a New Yorker article that implied that the game was created by Rebecca Mercer to relive the 2016 election when it was actually not <laughs> created that way. It was created to like try and help people better understand things might happen like the 2016 election as we went forward to future elections. Um, and so we were working on that one. That was the first game that, that Randy and I worked on together. There were some other people involved in that project as well. We were sort of brought in to help them. Um, and then while basically as that was finishing up, we started working on, um, on threat cast. No, it was, oh, no, sorry. it was working futures, uh, first, which, which was, that was creating a science fiction anthology. But as part of that, we created a card deck and we had sort of this game for scenario planning um, that Randy helped us out with as well. And so it was while we were working on that, that the CIA game that we saw that the CIA had, um, they had admitted that they had used these uh, internal games for training purposes and somebody, not us, but somebody had, uh, put in a FOIA request for it, and they had released this jumbled mess of uh, of uh, a document that had three different games mixed up together, parts of it redacted, and we sort of went through and were able to pull out what was, you know, the simplest of the three games, I would say, um, mm -hmm. and the simplest to recreate, and then recognize that that being a work of the U.S. government that it was in the public domain uh, mm -hmm. and that we could take it, make it look much nicer. Thank you, Lee. That's all Lee's department uh, and fill in the redactions and we put it on Kickstarter and that sort of took off. And yeah, that sort of was our first sort of like well-known uh, famous game. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, the, the public domain aspect is a big part of why we did it, obviously, because that's, you know, part of our yeah. subject matter at TechDirt. Not, not that, you know, surveillance and intelligence stuff is totally outside of our wheelhouse at TechDirt, but I don't know that on our own, we would have just said, let's make a game about CIA analysts. Yeah. Right. But it was the, that really fun aspect of like, oh, we can take this and use it because as we are always reminding people, government works are public domain. So that was, you know, a big part of the inspiration there. Yeah. Wow. So I hadn't realized, you know, I, well, I probably did know some of it and just forgotten it because it's, you know, you've been doing this such a long time now, it, it seems in many ways. And also, isn't it still kind of 2020 as well? <laughs> yeah. yeah well that's why like my mind went to threatcast which i mentioned wrongly because that was you know the another election simulation game sort of inspired by the machine learning president streamlined in a few ways with a slightly different focus and that was one we were planning as an in-person game like machine learning president a big group exercise and the you know the pandemic lockdowns shifted that we started thinking oh how can we make this playable online in a video conferencing platform or something like that and i think all those things kind of happening at once then started pushing us you know more towards video games which initially hadn't really been part of our plan but as we started yeah. you know being like well how can we make digital versions of these role-playing games how can we make you know print-on-demand versions of the card games, all, all these things. We just slowly, it was becoming clear to us, yeah, people want stuff they can do on their computer, you know, so let's make a video <laughs> game for them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of it was just sort of, yeah, sort of taking us where where people were going. Um, and, and people were definitely asking us, like, you know, can you, can you turn these things into games? And can you, you know, can you create them in a, in a useful way? 
Um, and so, yeah, I mean, and then sort of the first like real video game that we did was um, uh, Startup Trail. Um, and that was last year. That was uh, 2022. And that was just sort of like a startup policy simulator where you're running a startup and have to deal with different different policy issues that come up in the process of running a, a startup. Including some content moderation stuff, yes. but that wasn't the focus of it. It was sort of all the different policy areas that impact startups. Yeah. So, which in many ways we considered the kind of the the, the start of the trust and safety tycoon then, in in some ways, because you have to start. Well, we'll get to that in, in a bit. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, yes, in a lot of ways it was, and that and that game is somewhat similar in overall function of how it works to Trust and Safety Tycoon. It was, you know, looking back, it almost is like a prototype for it on the game, you know, interface and interaction side of things. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, both of these these two games that we're focusing on today, Moderator Mayhem and Trust and Safety Tycoon, play very, very, very differently. One yeah. is a very quick fire, short term um, game. The other one is a very much turn based sort of strategy. So, um, so speeds everything in one and nothing in in the other. What kind of prompted those two very very different approaches to what are somewhat related topics? Yeah, I, I mean, a, a few different things. So, one was again like what became what sort of led to trust and safety tycoon it's different but you know as i said we had sort of been working on a kind of tabletop um game which has some similarities and some some overlapping content to trust and safety tycoon and so we'd been thinking about this sort of larger like running a trust and safety team um game and then you know the the sponsor for Moderator Mayhem is this group Engine Advocacy. It's a sort of trade group representing startups, um, and that's who we had done Startup Trail with. Um, and they'd come to us and said, you know, can we do something that is much more focused just on the moderation question, and like make it even more game like? So a lot of it was like them coming to us and saying like we want something that is like just really trying to get across how difficult content moderation is um you know like what what a frontline moderator goes through and then as we do with all of our games when you know someone's pitching us on a game idea or we're thinking about stuff is we'll go through this sort of brainstorming process of like what could this look like and sort of go down a bunch of different paths and say like we could we could do this we could do that um and one thing that um that people at engine had mentioned just kind of in passing is like it'd be really fun if you had like the swipe interface of like swipe left swipe right uh for for judging content and i think we sort of grabbed onto that really really quickly um, Lee had to figure out how to make it work, <laughs> but, but, uh, I think we were just like, oh yeah, like, you know, that would get across this, this sort of game concept. Yeah. Uh, I think it was one of those things where as soon as you heard the idea, you could really picture it right away. Like, and it just made so much yeah. sense, uh, you know, the moment that this idea just crystallized instantly. And I think, you know, with obviously both positions a frontline moderator or a manager of a team both both face time pressures and speed pressures but it, it's very palpable for a frontline moderator who just has you know we've always wanted to convey that feeling of just an endless stack of questions right. to answer that you know never gets that much smaller and new ones are always flying in and you know the, the pressure's on yeah oh yeah 
So let's start focusing more on, start with Moderator Mayhem. Um, with Moderator Mayhem, I recognize a lot of things in abstract, if not in detail, from the 15 years I spent leading the moderation team at Torrent Freak. So how much of it came from experiences moderating at TechDirt? Uh, some of it, certainly. Um, obviously, moderating the comments at, at TechDirt is something we've done, though we have a very light touch for the most part. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we still are observing different behavior and thinking about different behavior and watching how people try and get around the rules. Um, but to be honest, I mean, a lot more of it came from both two things. One was reporting on all of these different content moderation stuff. And, and for a few years, we ran this content moderation case study uh, effort where we were looking at all different kinds of, of challenges around content moderation and seeing different examples and always kind of trying to highlight the different trade-offs for different choices or different setups. Mm -hmm. um, but also, as we were working on the original tabletop version for the Trust and Safety game, we literally spent, I think it was somewhere on the order of about 40 hours interviewing trust and safety people. Um, and just, you know, ask them for example, after example, after example. And we did that for some of the largest companies around and some of the smaller companies as well. And we wanted all different types of platforms and different different setups. And, and we heard all different kinds of stories. And so we had sort of logged um, you know, in our heads, you know, many, many different examples of, you know, of challenging content moderation um, decisions and trade-offs. And we sort of used that as, as initial framing. And then we just, you know, had to build up a huge collection of examples and, and challenges as, as we, you know, developed the content for the game. I, I recently played it uh, twice back to back on our live stream and on the second playthrough I was already getting a significant number of duplicates which I now knew the answers to to you know to kind of answer it quicker so uh, maybe not so <laughs> so there's a couple things on there which is that there are uh, so with with moderator mayhem there is a randomized setup in terms of which mm -hmm. content you will get there are certain ones that you are more likely to see at the beginning um, because we sort of consider them the training wheels ones. Yeah. Um, and so there is a set of, uh, I forget what we called them, dilemmas. I don't know if it's dilemmas and moderator may have. Um, I forget thinking. now too, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> of issues. Maybe it's issues. Yeah, I think it was issues. And, and yeah. This, we, this is all irrelevant. This yeah. It's called in our spreadsheet. It yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there is a set that shows up early in the game. You won't see all of them. It's They're still randomized within that, but you're more likely to see them earlier in the game. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's a very big list uh, of of other content, some of which gets mixed in in the early rounds, and then it starts to go to those in the, in the later rounds. So, you know, you can play it a bunch of times, and you will see some repeat con content. The other thing is, uh, I don't know if we've ever said this publicly, but like, some of the repeat content is not the same. <laughs> like you think you know the answer, but but the underlying things that are happening might be different. <laughs> so yeah. we purposely built it where there's ones where the short info is the same, but the look closer info, if you use it, it is... closer, is different, and the appeals you might get are different, and things 
yes. like, hey, yeah, because that's a part of <laughs> a part of content moderation that we wanted to capture. Two things can look identical on the surface, but when you dig a little deeper, they're totally different contexts, totally different, you know, yes. moderation decisions that need to be made. So, yeah. so what you think might be the same might not have been the same. But again, like there is there is a a random randomizer that is pulling content, and as with any randomizer, it is likely that you will see some repeat content as you play the game. And, and there is obviously a you know a limit on I, i'm yes. checking now i forget how many how many, how many we actually had um it's th in the there are but 500 range something like that yeah, yeah. um okay. but you know yeah eventually of course you will see some some real duplicates some. but yeah and i was gonna say then it also you know leads to you know kind of shortcutting you know, i know oh this this seems like this so i'm gonna just uh, which is again part of moderation when you you see things that look alike you tend to yes. deal with them alike and it's yeah and that can be good and bad as you say you now tell <laughs> about the whole you know changing and things um but uh i was gonna say is there any plans or any kind of sort of expansion adding on to it you know or new cards to be thrown in at some point um certainly something we could do i don't know that we have a specific plan to do that in place right now but yeah yeah i mean we've 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 thought about it it is doable i mean i think it would basically be if if somebody you know wants to to sponsor us to do it i know that you know there are definitely some companies in the sort of trust and safety vendor space that really like the game like we heard from a lot of them we did a slightly modified version of moderator mayhem for TrustCon, which is the big trust and safety conference this summer. So um, one of the companies had us do a version that they then had on a big screen in their booth and people would come and play a, it's a it was a much quicker version of the game, um, but they would play on a big giant touch screen in their booth. And and we had a scoring system, which, which is not in the main game. Uh, and the top three scores each day got prizes. So, so you know, we've done things like that where there's like customization, um, but doing like you know, doing another set of, of cards and stuff. It's it's doable. I mean, the game is there. We can definitely build that, but you know, it's a fair bit of work. And so, and I mean, as an even bigger project, we have chatted sort of offhandedly about what we'd do if we were doing like a Moderator Mayhem two or an even expanded version. You know, there are some ideas for the game that ended up on the cutting room floor just because they yeah. were. A bit too complex or a bit too much of a lift to implement that we still think would be fun like we've thought you know the game could as you get to later rounds could introduce more options beyond just swipe left swipe right maybe there's a swipe up to escalate it to the special team that deals with difficult things and may, you know like there are fun things that could be done to expand it and one day we might love to do but you know for the moment yeah. i think it's just going to live the way it is yeah yeah, because we 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 produced Moderator Mayhem in a pretty short time frame, honestly. I mean, it was about three months of work, I think. Yeah, I think I don't remember now exactly. I think it ended up stretching a bit longer than that, but there were lulls in there when we were working yeah. on other stuff too. So it's always a little we're, we've always got so many things going on that it's a little hard to pin down what the real yes. timeline was of any one specific project because it's always intertwined with others. So yeah. But it was still it was relatively quick. I mean, you say other things. I mean, that, that other thing is putting out, what, 10 articles a day on, on TechDirt, <laughs> among other things. And There's the podcast and, yes. and conferences and everything else. And research reports and, and yeah. other games. And, Where do you find the time? Yes. Um, we're, it's, you know, we're, we're as efficient as we can be. 
but you say you know things you had and took out so is there anything that you wanted to put in any cards that you want to put in but had to take out in terms of features or content or both uh, or? sort of you know moderation dilemma cards you know scenarios that you wanted to have in and had to take out for various reasons either so the sponsor didn't want them or legal said which is kathy right just said no you want to avoid that kind of area or you know you know that sort of thing or just yeah. ooh, questionable taste sort of thing. <laughs> nothing like that i don't think um you know, the, ta the taste issue is uh, there's sort of a broader thing we always grappled with there with all of our games that involve content moderation, which is, you know, the challenge of we obviously don't want a game that's full of the actual kind of really abhorrent content that moderators have to deal with. And that was like yeah. a, a thing we had to figure out very early on in development. And thus we made the decision that these cards would sort of describe the content you were looking at rather than being the actual content itself, which is a thing that has confused. Some people have reacted to the game saying, why don't I get to see the actual content? Though I think more people have re have thought it through and have realized, oh, right, because they're not going <laughs> to yeah. build their games with racial slurs and whatever else, <laughs> Right. Like, you know, but that's always been a bit of a challenge because it's like we don't want to downplay right. the fact that these that moderators do have to look at really abhorrent content. We just also don't want to fill our game with that content. So that's always been a little bit of a challenge with doing content moderation games. But so to your point, though, I don't think there was anything we cut where it's like, no, we can't do that. But yeah. there were lots and lots of dilemmas where we were like, well, how exactly do we communicate this? And how do we make this clear? And and does, you know, yeah, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't even remember any of the examples now, but there was definitely stuff that we cut where we we're just like, we're not really making the point a point that we want to make here or it's this is too confusing because you know there's all different things or like there are some things where it's like really really complex um and some of those we were able to i think kind of shift over to trust and safety tycoon where we could we could get into a little bit deeper levels of complexity but in moderator mayhem we're just like gosh this issue we can't we can't really you need like the layers and layers of follow-up to to make this kind of issue make sense and so i think we ended up removing some of that stuff there were some wording choices. I mean, we spent a lot of time editing. And so there were certain things where like, this is confusing or this is unclear, or this might give people the wrong impression. Um, and so, you know, there were a bunch, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say a lot actually, but there were some that we had in the, you know, in first drafts that, that some of the content that was left on the cutting room floor that we just removed at, at points. Um, but I don't think we did... I don't think there was that much and i don't think there was anything like oh my gosh we can't do that yeah um, there's no there's no juicy the sponsor yeah. told us to spike this story, <laughs> right. unfortunately to give you in response <laughs> yeah i have to ask no of course of course yeah i can't think, uh, no, there's nothing talking about different kind of content is there any thoughts maybe for like april fool's day having a sort of late 1995 version sort of you know <laughs> post prodigy you know stratton Stratton Prodigy and and but pre CDA two thirty. I mean, there's no plans on that, but I do like the idea of a retro <laughs> '90s content moderation game, like maybe as its own game or as something else. I think that's going to go in our big list of you know <laughs> I, ideas to mull over in the ideas future. To mull over. That would be pretty cool. Uh, well, yeah. the, I, I know Mike. I can see Mike laughing as soon as I said this. I know he knows exactly what time period I'm thinking of. Oh, you know, of course, of course. Well, so, I I will say, and I I am I am generally against april fool's day stuff but 
Um, I will note in the other direction, someone did make a joking suggestion. You're talking about going back to Stratton Oakmont uh, prodigy era. Somebody uh, did make the suggestion that we should make a DSA compliant version uh, in which you have to, at the end, you have to go back and explain every decision to, to the European bureaucrats. Okay. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, and that's really tempting. <laughs> oh, that, that sounds like hell. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, we don't expect anyone to finish that version of the game, I don't right. think. <laughs> So, we'll see yeah. it on what Fet Life or something is one of the masochists uh, topics. <laughs> um, so you say you got a lot of feedback at like TrustCon and stuff. Is there? Do you have any um, any kind of famous people you know have played it? So, you know, kind of influential kind of people. You know, Cory Doctorow. Or, um, I mean, Cor Cory Doctorow said. I think you could reasonably refuse to discuss content moderation with anyone who hasn't played this game. That was his comment on it when it came out. So we liked that piece of feedback. That was, um, that was nice. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, definitely, obviously, a lot of people in the trust and safety world played it, and we've heard from a ton of them. Um, we know that um, congressional staffers have played it, um, and we've heard from a bunch of them. I don't know if we've gotten any, like, actual members of congress or senators to play it i would i hope someone has somewhere but we haven't heard of any so i don't know that we've heard of anyone like super famous outside of like the world of trust and safety um mm -hmm. you know who has yeah. who's played the game but it's you know it's made the round certainly and how much has it made the round do you have any kind of play statistics or um anything like that as to you know um, how popular how many times it's been played i don't even remember moderator mayhem we were yeah. just just looking at the trust and safety tycoon okay data, um but. yeah we did have some play, play statistics but yeah i'm not sure now uh what those were either <laughs> yeah. i don't remember but no it, you know a bunch of people played it you say like the congressional staff have played it stuff is it, do you think it's significantly changed like their mindsets when they talk to their bosses that's you know that I don't know, and that's sort of like above our pay grade. <laughs> I mean, but it is also sort of the reason for the game as well, isn't it? I mean, it's definitely so. You're hoping it does. Definitely wanting people to think through and understand that this is more challenging than a lot of people who who haven't thought these through these things have said. Um, you know, we've definitely heard from congressional staffers who who have appreciated it. Um, and I know that there was like Engine hosted an event on Capitol Hill um, for Moderator Mayhem and had a bunch of staffers there and played it. And we weren't there, but heard that it went over very well. Um, I've heard from, you know, I had a conversation with a Senate staffer a couple months ago before Trust and Safety Tycoon was out talking about how useful the game was and how, and I had told that person that trust and safety tycoon was coming and they said oh we should we should do an event on capitol hill where both of them where people play both of them so i mean people are interested in it um and then you know we'll see both of them came out this year we'll see what bills come about next yeah. year i guess <laughs> i mean based on overall feedback because we did collect a lot of feedback on both games uh, with forms that you know it they're certainly capable of helping people realize that these are these things are harder than they thought like it can definitely have that effect we do you know we see also obviously see a lot of people who are aware that these things are hard and who are 
very happy to see that portrayed and they they you know use oh, yeah. it as a tool to convince other people um then there are you know obviously there are people who dig in we do get objections from people who sort of try to find a reason to explain why the game isn't making the point that we think it is making you know and say oh if in the real world it wouldn't be like this or oh you know right. um, some some people yeah. insist on taking yeah. the wrong message but but fewer than you might think like i think actually it gets the message across quite well to I, most people I, I actually just saw one this morning that somebody was complaining about it was uh, trust and safety tycoon not moderator mayhem um but they were complaining about because they were saying that like um you know like it doesn't take into account the fact that all the companies have been cutting back on trust and safety and like it was just like you know, it was it was a slightly negative pointed comment at me personally and saying that like i will i never consider these things and i was like no like the whole point of the game is that they need to invest in trust and safety like you play the game that's the message that comes out of it and so i don't know people people you know people want to yeah. be mad yeah, I mean, some. I would say, yeah, like that's a message. We don't want people taking away the message that it's just like, oh, just put more resources into it. I think, I think that's you know, we want to capture both that yes, like this is important and it needs resources, and right. you know, certainly some companies you could criticize for not putting enough resources or taking it seriously enough, but we also want to convey the message that some of these questions are so difficult some of them have no right answers that no amount of right. no amount of money no amount of trust and safety staff is going to make everyone happy with the decisions you make there are right. you know it does there's yeah. some of these problems cannot just be resourced out of right like yeah or so, or solved by internet companies right i mean yeah. there are larger problems that go beyond that and and thinking that the internet companies have to solve them by themselves um, is is a mistake um, but there's nothing in these games that say like, oh, companies shouldn't invest in this and just and companies should just throw up their hands and do nothing. Well, fair enough then. So let's move on to Trust and Safety Tycoon. So you, you came, came, kind of went through what the, the, the impetus, it's, bra it's brain blast and stuff as to thing, but um, it's a very different game. Yeah. You know, it's it's in layout, in looks, it's color scheme, you know, it's, it's play style. Everything about it is pretty much as different as it can be yeah um is is there a reason why rather than trying to go for like a coherent style it well i, I mean uh, one part of that is you know on the style side is I, I mean there's an element of like the sponsorship involved here so the moderator mayhem a lot of the overall look the colors and everything was you know drawn from engines overall uh, aesthetic right like we use some of the we use the colors from engines like corporate palette or you know uh, organizational palette and stuff um you know so that that was an element of the difference in style whereas T trust and safety tycoon was not an engine project so we wanted to give it a whole different look um you know so i mean that's that's probably the, the number one main thing like as mike mentioned we made an alternate version of moderator mayhem for TrustCon. that looked completely different in fact it even probably looked a little closer to trust and safety tycoon in terms of like the color palette and all of that kind of stuff um yeah but i i think also there is this element of they're two very different games um and when we were talking about before we had released either of them, we were working on both of them. Um, there definitely were some questions that came up around like, how are these games different? Like, because we said, oh, one is a content moderation game, one is a trust and safety game. And people are like, well, aren't those the same thing? Um, and so at least from my 
perspective, I wanted to make sure, make it clear, like that these are two different games, because otherwise I also sort of had this fear, and we went through this a little bit on on the debate over naming the games, uh, that people would think that it's one game. Um, and the games do demonstrate two very different things. And so we wanted to have them be distinct so people realized that they were two different games and didn't just lump them into, oh yeah, like we played this game um, when, when you know, you might not have. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like the, the, the kind of tied them, especially as moderator speed is a, is a factor in, in both. It's sort of like um, moderator mayhem is kind of a warm up or you get promoted <laughs> at the end of it and you end up being put in charge of a trust and safety team. So early on in um, in our planning for Trust and Safety Tycoon, one of the ideas we'd had was that in between rounds, there might be a little mini game where it's sort of like, oh, you need to sit on the front lines with the moderators for yeah. a little bit as the manager. <laughs> and it would basically be moderator mayhem inside Trust and Safety Tycoon as a little yeah. sort of like yes. mini game between rounds for a variety of reasons, largely just the complexity of implementing that and of merging the two game engines. We decided we, you know, we scrapped that idea. It just didn't make the cut but the, there was there was always that idea of yeah trying to highlight and it's funny you say too about yeah the promoted because that is kind of um kind of the end of moderator mayhem if you win and that was early on in our idea with moderator mayhem we were like well you know we want the victory to be guess what now you have to do even more of this forever <laughs> you know kind of <laughs> and uh you know, so in a way you are very right it is like you win moderator mayhem congratulations now you're promoted to playing trust and safety tycoon uh, yeah and we, and we did we did consider we certainly talked about this idea of like directly tying them so that it was kind of like if you if you win again with quotations around it moderator mayhem like have that push you directly into sort of trust and safety tycoon kind of thing like congratulations um but for a variety of reasons they didn't they didn't quite fit narratively um mm -hmm. and so we we just didn't do that but you know i mean the games you know there 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 is, is certainly some overlap in kind of the the message and trying to understand stuff but you know we also thought it was important to recognize that like content moderation is one thing and it's an important part of trust and safety, but it's not everything. And so highlighting the different things and the difference between like, you know, making decisions on a front line in a, in a, you know, high pressure environment is different than like trying to set larger policy and resource allocation questions. And so, you know, one game handles one of those and the other game handles a different one. Okay. All right. How many times have you played played uh, Trust and Safety Tycoon and, uh, you know, what's, what's your best scores? <laughs> I mean, so many times while we were building it up, we would just go through and like run through it constantly, but I don't know how many times I actually played it. Um, I will say, and, and I don't know if this, I guess this is kind of embarrassing, right? Because like I wrote a good chunk of the content in the game uh, and and understand the scoring but i do not do that well <laughs> so i see people scoring much better than i do i think probably if I, I but you know usually i would when i would play the game for testing purposes i was just trying i was sort of like i'm gonna play this like a real person 
pretend I don't know the answers and sort of go with, and I get, and, and I should be clear, like there aren't right answers. I, I said that in yeah. a way that suggests there's like, <laughs> there is the right way to play it. I couldn't tell you what the right way to play it is. I couldn't tell you what the best score is. I know that like in the run up to us, us uh, launching it, you know, I was sort of playing it uh, pretty often um, and just like run through the whole thing and, and try and get as much done as I can and sort of play it as realistically as possible and see what comes up. And I was pretty consistently scoring in the the 1900s uh, range. And yet after the game was released, we saw a bunch of people who were getting over 2,000. Um, and I don't know that I ever got over 2,000 in playing it. I'm sure if I sat down and was like, I'm going to try and get the highest possible score, I could probably do okay. Um, but I never really played it that way. Yeah, and for my part, I probably played it through start to finish far fewer times than mike did because especially like the deeper we got into development mike and randy and mike especially we were like very focused on the content and the narrative arc of it and i had a lot to do on the making the interface work side of things and all of the technical implementation uh, on the front end so i probably you know although i have played it through a couple times i don't remember what scores i got because especially for the sort of whole last half of development i was spending way more of my time just jumping around through it to different screens to make sure different things were working properly and you know, it was, it was much more functional on my side. So I have less memory of what scores I got when I did play it through all, all the way. Okay. Yeah. And, and often when I was playing it through even large portions of it, it was, I was, you know, sort of QAing for things that could break the interface or screw it up right. more than I was trying to make the good decisions on all of the dilemmas. Right. Yeah. There, there were a bunch of things that where, you know, things were not working until the very end where there were mm -hmm. things where like, well, this is just not working. And you'd be like, don't worry, it'll be working in time. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay. <laughs> so. I mean, Mo Moderator Mayhem was probably the more complicated interface project because we had to build the, you know, drag and drop swipe Tinder interface kind of from the ground up in a browser-based system. Um, but yeah, but both of them had a lot of moving parts, so. Yeah. I was going to say, this This one seems a lot more complex than Moderator Mayhem and in, in, in at least in its back end stuff, obviously you say that, that the interface is a lot more complex in Moderator Mayhem, but you know, how much longer did um, Trust and Safety Tycoon take to develop than Moderator Mayhem overall? You say uh, Moderator Mayhem took, what, three months, you said earlier? I think it might have stretched to more like four. I'm trying to remember exactly. But yeah, I mean, this took a little bit longer. Um, yeah. Okay. But, you know, there's... I mean, I wouldn't exactly say we reuse anything, but each of these games, starting with Startup Trail and then moving into Moderator Mayhem and then into this, we've been taking a lot of lessons, you know, because there are certain things under the hood that work in similar ways, you know, with handling a big cache of content and serving it up to people. Um, and so we sort of always knew our plan, and Randy does a lot of the back-end uh, like game engine development um we always knew our plan was to try to get something very reusable for different types of games especially these sort of more visual novel style games which is kind of what we've now got under the hood for trust and safety tycoon is a pretty reusable engine that we could quickly repurpose to build like another game with it that flows in a similar way um still more we want to do on that we we hope one day to maybe even release that engine as an open source thing that people can other people can use we're not we're not quite there yet but um we're, we're not there yet yes it's we're not, not yes, not, even we're not, quite. not quite in there we're not there yet but um yeah. but you know for our purpose like the next game we make 
that you know if that has a trust and safety tycoon like flow like that sort of visual novel choose your own adventure flow will be reusing the engine and making yeah. a few more upgrades to it and, and hopefully moving towards something more standardized so some of the development time even of trust and safety tycoon was that was us figuring out not just how to make this game but how to make tools that we would be able to use going forward for for other games as well yeah and, and i i will say too that like the content on the content side the content development for, for trust and safety tycoon was definitely more complex than moderator mayhem and part of that was just because because of the narrative flow aspect of you know in some ways it has elements of like a choose your own adventure book yeah. and and to do that like you really have to map stuff out and i complained bitterly throughout this process of how it was breaking my brain because you really have to hold like a bunch of different branching paths in your head you know and you can map them out on paper and, and in spreadsheets and we did but there's a lot of there was a lot that i was just like it's just, it's just like it's hurting my brain to think through all of these different things and how do we end up in and and how do we how do you not let it completely spiral out of control because it's very easy with this where like every decision takes you down into a whole new world where you need 500 new pieces of content post this decision and you have yeah. to constrain that in some way or you're just never going to get the game finished um and so there was a lot of a lot of mental stress on on figuring out the narrative flow whereas with moderator mayhem there was definitely a lot of work put into the content but a lot of it was like it didn't matter what happened before or after and you could be pretty free in like here's just random content moderation decision um yeah they're, they're kind of independent decisions yeah, each one exactly yeah. and, and i mean then there are as we called them in the development arcs in Moderator Mayhem, which yeah. are, you know, some of those things where you're dealing with the angry governor or you're dealing with the election or whatever. And those sort yeah. of, you know, for a little glimpse under the hood, it's like Moderator Mayhem has a huge cache of random generic decisions that can be put in inserted randomly at any time and then it has a smaller cache of these narrative arcs that might be like three four five six seven eight however many you know cards in a row that get sort of like spaced out through a few rounds with those right. random ones filling the space in between so there you know there was still some stuff to grapple with there but each arc is pretty straightforward with maybe a couple different possible outcomes at a couple points throughout it you know and kind of stands alone whereas in trust and safety tycoon everything affects everything else there's branching pathways you know whole different routes you could go down so it was definitely much yeah. more narratively complicated and and even even in the arcs in moderator mayhem there are different types of arcs so there are some arcs where it's just a another list of like 20 random cards that you'll see five of if you get that arc but then there are some that go in order and you sort of you know have to go through this process of like this happens first this happens second so we do have you know, we sort of use those to to demonstrate more like consequences of decisions as well but those are kind of mixed in throughout talking about the contents more there's i found this one there's a lot more um a lot derived from kind of real life as well including some um somewhat absurd ones such as <laughs> the, the whole okay boomer thing and uh the, the brony panic um yeah so yeah there seems to be less that needed to be kind of imagined and kind of created specifically for it because there's real life is there's not there's now so strangers folk yeah i don't know i mean there was a lot that that um 
definitely still required you know imagination and thinking through and coming up with stuff and and some of them i mean like so like the the whole like brony arc in in the trust and safety tycoon game that was like from our very earliest tabletop version we created that many many years ago um and we were i don't know if it's distressed or amused or whatever to find out that that arc sort of came true after we had made it up <laughs> uh and then oh, there so were, it's, yeah uh, all the way around i thought it was you know yeah we didn't, we, didn't, by the... we didn't pull that one from real life that one came true before we had released it and we were like what the hell is going on uh and there were i i hate to admit this but there were quite a few of those where we had sort of come up with them as sort of absurd examples uh that were sitting in our pocket of stuff that we had developed for the game that then later came true. Um, and we would, we would joke about it. Nobody, but we're like, nobody's ever going to believe us that we came up with this before it actually happened. Um, there, there were there a scary number of those have actually come true. And that's actually across a bunch of our games. We have some other games where those things have happened too. Um, but um yeah, we do a lottery number uh, predicting. Game, <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, some of them definitely were inspired by real, real things. Um, but you know, a lot of them were, and a lot of them were sort of taking, taking general concepts and sort of you know just playing them out a few steps and saying like, what's likely to happen here? What can we expect? You know, things like that. Yeah, I mean, something like, you know, like the OK Boomer one, for example, because that happens very early in Trust and Safety Tycoon, sort of more in our kind of tutorial opening phase of it. And I, you know, that's where we wanted to illustrate some just basic tensions and basic things you could face, like a decision like that, where something is largely innocuous, but whatever you decide is still going to piss off one of two different groups who are going to be mad at you about it. And there's just no, you know, it kind of feels like you shouldn't even have to be answering this question, but you do, and someone's going to be mad at you with whatever answer you make and right. that that was an important thing we wanted to hammer home right away and i think purposely use some lighter things like that at the beginning to ease people into that feeling before suddenly they're facing the same decision but now it's the fbi at the door or it's you know right yeah yeah gotcha gotcha so like moderator mayhem was there anything you kind of wanted in but were kind of forced to take out of this one uh no, I mean, I think similar to Moderator Mayhem, there was definitely there. We had lots of ideas. We had a very big list of potential things, but there was nothing that we like had to keep out for any particular reason. Um, and but you know, it was basically just didn't fit. Like we just ran out of time. You know, would just open up too much complexity. Um, you know, but. You know, we we for this one, you know, we had created sort of a big outline of like different things and and themes, and then we sort of fit stuff in, and then we had a whole bunch of other ones, um, and like towards the end where we needed a few more pieces of content here or there, we would slot in like, oh, let's pull from that list of stuff that we haven't done. So there's definitely more on that list that we could have included, but there was nothing like, oh my god, we can't we can't include this, or that there was any sort of problematic okay. stuff, and and. You know, and and with trust and safety tycoon, um, like, you know, w that one was it was Hewlett Foundation and in partnership with Atlantic Council, but they didn't they didn't 
look over anything <laughs> before we released it. Um, they they kind of just said, you know, you guys do what you do. <laughs> and so we're like, okay. <laughs> they had a lot of trust in, in your safety there. Yeah. 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 They were they were very good partners. Yeah. As you said, this is kind of like a choose your adventure. I was thinking of it more of a um, sort of a maze or a battlefield sort of thing. You know, you got to get, you know, find find the, the best shortest path through to the end sort of thing um do you think that's a fair description of of how it, it could be because i mean there's so many different uh you know choices that cumulatively add up to uh, just the five sliders or is it is it five sliders or do you, do you count the five the six topic ones as well I mean, yeah, I mean, the main mechanics, the the ones that can sort of instant lose you the game are, I mean, I think it's only even four. That, actually, it's I four at the bottom and the CEO one. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, four at the bottom yeah. and the CEO, but yes. you also have the, the conversational health, health and the conversation rankings. But you're right, yeah. those, those first five are the like the ones you most have to be keeping balanced all the time in order to continue going in the game. Um, but you're right. No, I mean the maze. The maze description is not a bad one. It is. It is a little bit like that. Um, yeah, I mean the the um, you know one thing that was and I, I you know it, it was always a little tricky of like how do we balance those different things and how do we make sure that each of those things are intention. Um, one thing that I was uh, I was probably tempted to go a little bit more towards, and we didn't really like very few people. There are a few, you can certainly get fired for losing CEO confidence, but it's pretty hard. Um, and I I probably leaned more towards like, let's make the CEO more of an idiot um, <laughs> and, and sort of putting you in tension a lot with the CEO. But for a variety of reasons that probably didn't make sense for the game, um, it would have like for example, so so one of the one of the tensions for us on the game development side of this game is that there is there was a part of me that wanted it so that you were likely to lose a lot um and it would be very difficult to get get through but the problem with that is then you don't see the like end game the 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 end game stuff which we think is important for people to understand this stuff and so we sort of made it and i think we were pretty successful in making it so that you're likely to lose once or twice before you get to to the to the end game, um, and if we had a very dumb CEO who was constantly berating you and disagreeing with you, that would be much harder, and you would be like much likelier to lose and get frustrated with the game in, in a variety of ways. And so we made it a lot more difficult to to lose because the CEO gets mad at you. Um, there's there's a fun version of that game where the CEO is just a complete tech bro idiot um but uh that's that's not that's not the version we released <laughs> musk mode um, yeah 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 oh boy uh probably shouldn't have said that um <laughs> rip my reply my uh mentions um yeah uh, to the ethos and atmosphere at the start do they actually have any kind of impact or is that kind of another thing about where it's just kind of like you poking for it like the corporate buzzword strategy sort of thing as well. <laughs> so there's a couple things there. Um, one is th that's also a holdover from the tabletop version. We had that okay. in the tabletop version. And what we found when we were testing the tabletop version, which was always in 
in groups of people playing was that it actually became very important in the decision-making among groups. So groups would come across things. My favorite one was we had a test and, and I think, I can't even remember, you know, again, the early rounds are supposed to be fairly easy. Like they'll demonstrate mm -hmm. tensions, but there's nothing like really, really deep and involved. And like in, um, did we, I think we may have changed this, but like in the tabletop version, the original version we had, um, you know, like, uh, and this actually may be this one into moderator mayhem. I'm forgetting that which things went into which game now, but like there is something with like people are selling uh, heroin on your platform and what are you supposed to do about it? Um, and that was originally designed to be like, you, you take this down because like, like it shouldn't be any question, shouldn't be much discussion. But in one of the, the, the tests we did in the tabletop version, we had people sit there and discuss that for like 20 minutes. And in part, it was based on like the, the atmosphere and ethos that they had set up where I forget what it was, but it was like, you know, like free speech absolution absolutionism or something. Yeah. Like they, they had sort of taken this approach of like, we're going to be like, you know, really edgy and really, and they're like, so like maybe okay. people selling heroin on our platform is a good thing. And like it was like, there was like this whole big discussion about it, um, which was, you know, interesting to see. Uh, and so we sort of kept that over, but like, and it does have, it does have a, it does have a small impact on starting states for mm -hmm. where things are. Um, but beyond that, it does not have as much mechanical uh, impact on the game as it might otherwise have. And I think if we had had a little more time, I would have liked to have added more because of that, but we yeah. didn't really get that. I think it's one of the things that, yeah, we feel it was a bit underserved in the final game and, and could be improved, but but it is, yeah, to Mike's point, like bo both it can spark interesting conversations, you know, if a group is doing it or just interesting thoughts, like, you know, um, it can also, and I think this is the other reason we really wanted it, same same or other side of that same coin is that it can be what ends decision paralysis for people, you know, yeah. when they're like, do I want to do this or do I want to do that? Ah, they look in the corner, they remember, right, we're the quirky site, this is the quirky answer, that helps me make my final choice, you know, and so okay. it's a kind of a useful aid in that way. But but I would like to do more with it, and if we do a, a Trust and Safety Tycoon 2 or something, that will be high on our list of uh, things to expand yeah. mechanically in the game. There's a, I, I, that Decision paralysis is exactly right. I had it with, uh, I think I ended up going family friendly, I think, and I, I made my decisions then just with, with that in mind rather than yep. what were my initial uh, thought was. Yeah, it's um, kind of, it's kind of a, a, a grounding feature. It just like yeah. it gives people a touch point. Um, to I, I, I wasn't sure if it was that if it actually had impacts on the like mechanics. It, and it, things again, much. like it, at the but start, it does. Starting. It do, it does impact some of the starting uh meters and everything um but but beyond that it really doesn't curve. yeah it doesn't change what dilemmas you see or how the ceo responds to them or anything like that which is the kind of stuff i think we'd like to do it if, if right. we expanded on it look to give you an idea if you're on a very very small screen or browser window those disappear entirely from the interface to create more room for everything <laughs> that needs to fit in because they're not actually wow. important once the game starts so they're, they're, that'll give you an idea of how, how vital they yeah. are yeah i mean okay. and, and then like another thing that 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 someone who was beta testing it had suggested, and again, would be a nice thing to add on a later version, is like if at points in the game you are going very much against that ethos or atmosphere, like having that come back and and be brought up again mm -hmm. um, and have people call you out on it. 
Um, but we, we just didn't have that in this game. Yeah, we had also discussed, you know, it would be cool to have like your target platform atmosphere and then the actual platform yes. atmosphere. <laughs> and like, you know, so like you might want to be family friendly, but are you? And then, you know, ha and then have it be a, a challenge to keep those aligned or else to decide you're changing your goal. You right. Know? Yeah. There's a bunch of different uh, directions. I think the last 13 months of Twitter ownership has certainly uh, <laughs> yeah. informed a lot of content on, yeah. on this game. Um, it's, it's, it's somewhat an easier game to kind of cheat at a bit, where you get to pick a decision, see its outcome, and then you know, say, <laughs> no, I want to change it back a bit. You know, um, At least when, yeah. I, when I played it through. Is, is it thought about doing it in hard mode, where literally you pick a decision, and that's the decision made? we have had that exact idea and that exact discussion, yeah. um, which would be cool. Cause obviously the basis of it is, you know, yes, it would make more sense as a game if you just had to lose, but we want people to see all the content. It is ultimately like yeah. an educational and a teaching game. We don't want people giving up before they've gotten to all of it. So we've always, you know, there have always, there's always been a part of me and I think Randy too, you know, was like, Oh, I wish, and, and Mike as well. Like, oh, I wish people yes. just had to lose, you know, and had to start over. I, I believe that strongly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it would feel great, but I do think it would result in far, far fewer people seeing, you know, probably the back half of the content of the game, you know, um, yeah. so that thus the decision, but, but I do agree like, a hard mode or an Iron Man mode in video game parlance, or a perm, you know, would be would be smart. A permadeath mode or what have you. But um, uh, you know, another thing we discussed. I mean, Moderator Mayhem has the the little achievements in it for getting to various milestones and getting through yeah. things. It didn't quite make the cut having achievements in Trust and Safety Tycoon as well. It just didn't, you know, in our development schedule, didn't quite make it in there. But that would be a possibility as well, which is once you've gone back or reversed a decision, you're no longer eligible to unlock the achievements. You know, you can only unlock the achievements if you if you stick with stick to your guns and don't reverse decisions. That's one way, something we might do in future for a game like this uh, okay. to try to balance those things out. Because, yeah, it's always been a tough balance there. We want it to feel like you can lose but we don't want to drive people away from the game or have them not see what what's in there. Right. Yeah. Okay. And has what's the feedback and like has anybody famous played played this one? Or is it much like Moderator Mayhem where it's been, you know, some congressional staffers and some um like events sort of thing? Yeah, it's I think it's pretty much the same. I don't know that we've heard of anyone uh you know, we we did get we got a fair amount of of media coverage, so journalists are clearly playing the game. Um, mm -hmm. which is nice. And we've heard from, from lots of people, um, who liked it, but again, like, you know, I've heard from congressional staffers who have played it. We've heard from trust and safety people who have played it. Um, but I don't, I don't know if anyone super famous, I think that, um, it did in terms of like usage, I think was got, ended up getting more people playing it in the first few weeks than, than moderator mayhem. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm not. I'm not entirely positive of that. I could be wrong. Okay. Um, obviously, you also have the quite interesting and influential guests on the Tech Dirt podcast. Um, have you ever thought about adding like a sideline sort of thing where you where you have the guests play the games through, kind of record <laughs> them, video, you know, screen capture them, see their face, get their feedback, sort of a, a bit like a, well, um, say like a, a, a hot ones and zeros or a, <laughs> a star being a reasonable, reasonable moderator. Um, I, that sort of thing. I had not, I had not thought of that though. I did watch, I watched you do your, 
playthrough and I watched Mike Dunford do his playthrough. Mm -hmm. Um, Those were the two that I saw. Um, And both, both times I said, I'll just watch a couple minutes of this and then ended up watching the whole thing. (laughs) So it was educational. Um, But I had never thought of, of bringing people on the podcast and having them play live, but I don't know. Cool. Yeah. I mean, kind of fun. (laughs) The closest thing is we had discussed doing some sort of online group event around the launch of the game and getting a bunch of people together in a conference platform or a streaming platform to all try it out. Um, You know, for a variety of reasons, we didn't get around to making that happen with this. But, uh, you know, we we have run um, as part of our more broad gaming project you know copia gaming we have run a couple you know little online copia gaming hours as we called them in the past where we gathered some people to play some simple like more group games um, not so much video games but there's a possibility we might do something like that for one of those and maybe in the new year and get some people playing one or both of these games or it might might end up having them playing something different too not sure but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it'd be interesting, you know, like a table, like you remember Top Gear and they had the, the kind of like the celebrity lap time things and you have like a list <laughs> right. of like Zoe Lofgren is here and um, Rob <laughs> right. Sheridan is down here. And, you know, could, could be cool. Mine, know, yeah, it'd, it'd be interesting <laughs> to see what the, the kind of feedback, you know, how different people are, are approaching, you know, great video content, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. A, yeah an it's not, a, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, we will definitely consider it. Well, you know where I am. um so going back to both games in general are there any kind of easter eggs in the game that you know have have been spotted by people are there any easter eggs that you wish people had spotted or ready to spill the beans on (laughs) uh do you there's the dog references right for what's his name who always wants a dog in the game Um, uh darth the the uh you know darth who was who became famous on on Twitter and has now moved to Blue Sky mainly. It's uh, I don't know who the person actually is, but they're Darth and they're famous. And they uh, right before we launched Startup Trail, I had tweeted because this was still back in the Twitter days, uh, like, "Hey, we're launching something really cool t- tomorrow." And Darth had said, "Does it involve dogs? It better involve dogs, Mike." <laughs> <laughs> and so. We, we uh, at the very last minute, like literally hours before launching, added a hidden dog to Startup Trail. And so there are dog references in, uh, in, in the games for Darth. We do have in Moderator Mayhem, uh, there's the cat reference. We we couldn't we couldn't find the dog reference. The, 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 the but do you want to explain what the, the the hidden cat is? Yeah, and I think I do think a reasonable number of people have seen it. If you yes. swipe fast enough in Moderator Mayhem to actually empty out your stack, which is quite difficult to do, um, to actually yeah. clear out all of the things, there is a uh, you know a hanging cat with the hang in there line like the classic office motivational poster is hiding down there at the bottom of your stack of cards um for anyone who's going fast enough because we thought that'd be a fun uh you know that's a little easter egg i've, I've never gotten anyone close to fast enough for that sort of thing. i don't i don't think it's really possible to do it while making anything resembling real decisions i think you pretty right. much just have, you just to, have to swipe like, swipe swipe swipe, swipe. Yeah. to see it yeah and then you can okay. see the, the and hang you see in it there for cat. a split second before new cards start coming into yeah. your stack on top of it yeah um i don't think we really hit anything like that in the in trust and safety tycoon um, we had talked about one point, but I don't know that we ever got anything really in there that's like the the cat in. Uh, no, not really. Um, 
but yeah, we should we should put in more Easter eggs. It's yeah. uh, you know always you know we're a very small team developing these games. We're not really technically like game developers like that's sort of a skill we've been picking up as we go along so the reality is we have a lot of fun ideas but when they're firmly on the would be nice list like easter eggs they often just have to go by the wayside because there's yeah. so much core work left to do and we're getting into crunch time on these games you know so. yeah so that that's more cutting room floor things that we, we were talking about earlier then is is the yeah the, um, we we've, we always discuss different easter egg ideas um and um yeah i mean we like definitely also i'm not even gonna get too deep into this but like other stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor on the content side there there was a few times where we were working on stuff and and uh again like we we didn't want to we didn't want to put like actual bad content in there again it's descriptions of content but there were a couple mm -hmm. times where there was a way to sort of euphemistically put in terrible content in a way that was very funny when you were sort of like deep in the in the weeds and we were like this probably should not go in the game <laughs> um but there were discussions of like we could we could effectively hide <laughs> things that way but that never came okay. to be so What's next for, for the gaming thing? You know, is, have you got more games planned? Is there sort of a timetable? What next have we got to look forward to? Uh, we'll see. We've been talking about a few games with a couple, with a few different folks who have approached us about sponsoring new games. Um, and then we have a couple other things that we've been talking about on our own, um, about some follow-ups to some other stuff that we've worked on. Um, and some different ideas, but we are not like heads down on, on another game project definitively right now. We have a couple other things that we're balancing and that it may depend on if if some of these these other organizations that are interested in sponsoring a game come through or not. And we do have an idea for another Kickstarter card game that's a yes. little bit backburnered right now, though we do have some, you know, a lot of good first step design work done on it um you know we hope to bring that back one day i don't want to say too much because yeah. there's still a lot that could change and we have no idea when this will become a full-blown project again but that, to, that's to, lurking out there as a possibility to be clear we have there are two different possible kickstarter games that is true and, so, and yes. there's, a, there's a question of one that i think is would be much easier to get done and one that will be really cool but is is complex and we had spent a lot of time working on it and it still needs more time. Mm -hmm. And then we also have, you know, some of our existing, uh, not video games, but like group games and sort of mega games and stuff that, uh, we would we would love to run more times as well right yeah. i mean we have our threat cast election disinformation game obviously we're coming up on election season again uh you know there's some potential yeah. to we'd love to run a few more editions of that also especially games like that which you know were originally planned to be in-person group games pivoted to online during lockdown era now it's starting to become possible to maybe to do some of those in person again would love to make that happen um you know, we also have our, our Money City game that was about the future of cryptocurrency, and that's one we'd love to 
run again. And we've also talked about doing a version of that that's more focused on AI than the crypto side, which, you know, so there's there's other stuff in the works, things, especially those big group games are really, really fun to run with a group of people. So we'd mm -hmm. always love to do more of those. But yeah. yeah, but those take a lot of work. And so usually we're looking for a sponsor or like a conference that wants to run the game as a part of them, um, which is kind of what we've mostly done in the past. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Well, talk about conferences. Are, are there going to be any conferences where we can see either one of you um, coming up in the next uh, short while? Mike just got off like three weeks of back-to-back uh, -back conferences. Like, Non-stop conferencing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I had so many conferences lately. Um, I don't think there's anything coming up. I mean, the rest of the year is, is finally finally starting to slow down um you say rest of the year we're filming this right before thanksgiving so yes it's yes. not much much no. left of this year yeah I, i'm sure there will be conferences in in 2024 um, yeah but i don't think we have any of those pinned down just we yet. don't have yeah. anything okay. set right now no no all right fair enough so if people if um, people want to find out more about you and uh, obviously it's tech dirt of course but uh where can they find either one of you to, to kind of harass, follow, and uh, cheer. Uh, the harassment stuff, um, uh, I, I should say, I'm a, uh, you can harass me on Twitter because I'm almost never there now. <laughs> but I'm, I'm mostly spending my time on Blue Sky, a little bit on Mastodon, um, but, mm -hmm. but a lot, you know, most of my social media, um, uh, mental uh, focus is, is on Blue Sky. Um, which I think is probably the most interesting of them for me, at least. Same, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I just haven't been on social media a lot in general lately. I am still a little bit more active on Twitter than Mike is at this point. So you can go find me there, or I mean, I guess you can find me on Instagram, though that mostly has to do with a bar trivia night that I run. So I don't know, you know, <laughs> no, uh, you, you can, um, but yeah, you know, find find us on social media or yeah, come to Tech Dirt. Um, we're always there. Or I, you know, become a... Um, become a tech dirt subscriber through our insider shop and you can join the tech dirt insider discord and you can yes. chat with not just us, but all the tech dirt writers and uh, all of our big fans and readers and stuff. That's, that's a really good place, especially if you want, you know, tech yeah. policy conversations and stuff, that'd be the ideal place to come find us. But yep. Yeah. Yep. There you go then. All right. I want to thank both of you for your time. This has been a, a wonderful, it's a great and very entertaining and very enlightening discussion. And I want to, and thank you for your time and hope we get to hang out and play some of these games in person uh someday soon yeah, yeah. thank you this was really fun and uh, a lot of great you know questions to ask about the games it's fun we, we like talking through all these things and so yep. yeah that was great this was fun and uh say you want to do that that, that guest thing you know call me yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> sounds good all right well i want to thank mike and lee for stopping by and uh chatting with us for this last hour and a bit uh, I've certainly learned a lot. I, I had my mind blown about certain things and, you know, it was, I think, a thoroughly interesting debate. Um, I didn't know Mike had watched my stream either because, you know, I hadn't, as we're recording this, I haven't posted it to YouTube, which it now is on YouTube. But, um, yeah, and if you've enjoyed this, you know, do please hit a, a like here on, on YouTube uh, and subscribe if you're not already. But uh, that's it from me this time um, take care be safe and make smart decisions with what you do online bye for now